Welcome to the Young Farmer Podcast. I'm Chris Torres, your host. Ever hear of Farmer Fridays? Sounds catchy, doesn't it? Well, it's actually the brainchild of a Slippery Rock University professor and 27-year-old dairy farmer, William Thiel of Cabot, PA. Last semester, William taught farming to a group of hospitality students at the university by taking his smartphone and showing them around his family's dairy farm. He taught eight classes showing the process of dairy farming from seeding the ground to milking, and he plans on teaching the class again in the spring. We caught up with William to find out a little bit more about the class and why it's important for young farmers to reach out to people who aren't in the business. Thanks for listening. Hey, William, how are you today? Pretty good. How are you? Doing pretty good. How's the, how's the weather out there? I heard it's a little snowy. Yeah, I got about, I'd say, at least three inches of snow here today and probably get some more later today, so it should be fun. Yeah, are you a snow guy or are you more a warm weather guy? Um, I can go either way. I mean, first snow of the year, so I'm fine with it. So it's, <laughs> it'll be a lot of fun. So. All right. So, uh, William, again, thanks for thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Oh, well, I'm a sixth-generation dairy farmer. I'm a sixth-generation along with my brother, and I farm with my brother and my both my parents on a uh, dairy farm in Cabot, PA, which is in Butler County, western PA, just north of Pittsburgh. Um, so we farm uh, a little under 300 acres. We milk about 40 cows. My family's been farming for 152 years, to be exact. Uh, so farming all my life. So I'm 27 years old, and I've been farming all my life, and I'm active in a lot of organizations like Farm Bureau and 4-H and, and others. So uh, I've been doing it all my life, and I intend to do it all my life. So where does your milk get marketed? It goes to... Uh, Marburgers, which is a local dairy in the area, which is located in Evans City. Uh, that's also located in Butler County. And we've been shipping the Marburgers uh, for a long time. I can't tell you exactly how long, but it's been a long time. We have a good rapport with them, I guess you could say. Uh, so Marburgers has a pretty, pretty well-known name in the local area for having a good quality product and uh, been shipping them for a while. And it's been a been a good uh, good thing with them. Sure. Tell me a little bit about your. Just tell me a little bit about the dairy herd, and tell me a little bit about the about your uh, about your system there, about the farm system, and and what you guys do. If you guys are conventional, organic, or whatever, tell me a little bit more about that. So we milk forty cows in a tie stall barn. We milking in the barn that was built in eighteen sixty four, I believe, and uh, been milking in that same barn. We've done some renovations. Prove it. Uh, so we've been milking with uh, six mil- milkmaster units. Uh, milking takes about I don't know an hour and fifteen minutes roughly. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've been doing it that way for a while. I mean, I know there's parlors and robots and fancy stuff like that. We just haven't gotten into that yet. Um, but as far as other stuff with the dairy, uh, we grow more than enough crops to support us. So we have. Plenty of uh, dry shelled corn and soybeans, and that we can uh, sell to help diversify our income. We we are pretty big into no-till and cover crops. Uh, we've been experimenting with cover crops and stuff like planting green for the past four or five years, uh, with and we've had pretty good success with that so far. Um, and we want to continue to keep doing that and trying different things because. Uh, if you don't try new things along the way, you're eventually the past is just going to run you right over. 
And so well, we need to keep continue to be up on new things and try to improve all the time. What's your, you say you have a brother and, you, and of course you farm with your parents. So, so what exactly is your role on the farm? That's a good question. Uh, my role, I guess, would just be getting stuff done, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, my, my brother and I tend to do a lot of the, most of the stuff. Uh, so we, we do, I mean, I do a lot of the field work and of course I, I milk uh, a lot. So I, I feed calves a lot, feed the cows, you know, just anything that needs done. I mean, yeah, there's certain things that I know maybe a little more about than my brother does or my dad does and mm-hmm. vice versa. So, uh, I guess just, just anything that you could think of that needs to be done now, I'm willing to do it. So sure. No, and I just asked that because, you know, depending on the farm that you're, that you're talking to, you know, some farms, far, some farms formally split up you know, the, the, the actual, the, the work on the farm, you know, whereas, you know, one child will do, will be in charge of the herd work. One child will be in charge of the, you know, the crop work and all that sort of thing. And it sounds like you guys are sort of like all hands on deck. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, I mean, I, like for instance, I, I tend to run the combine most of the time. So I, I probably know a little bit more about that. Like my, my brother and my dad tend to, do a lot of round bailing they know a little bit more than that about that than i do you know that kind of thing so we we you know try to try to even out the workload so not one person's doing all the field work or one person's doing all the milking or something you know we try to try to keep it uh, pretty even like that you know it's really interesting william because i found you online and uh reading reading other publications farm publications i found this this great story of yours um talks about your partnership, I guess you will, um, with Slippery Rock University and their Farmer Fridays. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and and how you got involved in that? So how that happened was, I want to say it was back in, I think, August. Uh, I'm on the uh, Butler County Farm Bureau Board of Directors, and one of our board meetings that we had, which would have been back in August, I believe, our information director got an email from Mary Jo Ross of Slippery Rock University and was it was just sent to the county board of directors and said, Hey, I wanna do a I wanna have a farmer talk to my students that are going into the hospitality industry and I want a farmer to join us via Zoom of how to uh, uh, just to show her students uh how we farm and you know why we do it and everything so i looked at that and i thought that sounds like something that would i'd be interested in that'd be right up my alley so i contacted her and and we we talked a little bit and she said well i have mondays tuesday or no mondays wednesdays and fridays available for you to talk which day and i thought how about fridays we can call it farmer friday so we thought okay that's a good name so started talking on Fridays. It wasn't every Friday. Sometimes the students would have a test or somebody else was going to speak. But uh, I spoke starting in September. I think it was early September. And I spoke most Fridays, not all all the way up until uh, probably the middle of November, roughly. And I spoke, I believe it was seven or eight times. And each time I spoke to the students, I would talk about something different. like the first time I talked to them, Bridget Ross and I were going back and forth about where should we start? There's a lot of stuff we can talk about. Where should we start? And she recommended the idea, of, well, why don't we start from the ground 
up. So they start with the soil. I thought, okay, I can work with that. So started talking about soil, soil health, uh, why we are no-till, why we, why we do stuff like spread fertilizer, spread lime, that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, showed them showed them soil tests that we get from Penn State Extension. Showed the, the difference between the two fields, why they're different from each other, as far as soil pH and what's in the ground, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I moved on up to talking about cover crops, why we do those. Moved up to talking about machinery, why we use these certain machinery, what it's intended for, how we use it, and talked about what we feed the cows. I even did a whole. Uh, class about flying my drone. I did one entire class about that. Oh, that sounds uh, interesting. Yeah, and I I uh, talked about that, and I talked about uh, the cows. I showed them what we feed them, showed the calves what we feed them, mm-hmm. and then showed you know the milking process. So the very last one, I believe, was milking because all the stuff that I taught them about the machinery, that how we get them food and everything and it all come down to this is the end product which is the milk and so that was the last one i did and so i kind of ended it that way and and uh showed them my entire farm via zoom just by walking around with my smartphone and showing them you know literally walking in the field and showing them what a certain plant looks like or or literally walking inside of a grain bin showing them what that looks like or walking up to a cow, you know, and they're trying to lick my phone, you know, something like that, so they can get that real farm feel without being there. And, and you know, just to show them that is is good because of COVID nowadays, you can't can't see as many people as you want to, but it's easily the next best thing. And so I thought it would be something that would definitely be worthwhile. Well, I think that's a great idea. I mean, essentially taking them from farm to fork. I mean, that's essentially what you did. You took them from farm to fork, you know, starting in the soil and then going all the way through to the to the actual end product, which of course is milk that goes into a tank. I think that's a that's a great idea. Let me ask you a question. So, so you said that this was sort of like when when they approached you or when you had this conversation was sort of up your alley. So, have you done this sort of thing before, or have you you know are you are you um, are you just one of those that is just adept at, at um, you know, just reaching out to people and, and talking about your, your farm and farming in general. Yeah, I, I guess I do have experience with it. Uh, I mean, not so much being on Zoom and everything, although everybody had to get their learning curve with Zoom, I guess, since, since uh, about March because of COVID. But uh, whenever I saw you could do it on my phone, I thought, well, that sounds easy to me, so I can use my phone to do that. Um, but before that, I mean, I've talked to other farmers and the public about mostly my drone, how I can use that. I've done a lot of stuff with that since I'm I'm 27, so I tend to be a little more techy. So uh, I can I can uh, easily adapt to using Zoom or using whatever. You know, I can learn pretty quickly on that. I just thought that since I'm into that kind of tech stuff, I thought I'd start start doing that, and it's been a very good thing. I get a lot of positive remarks about it, about doing that. And, and I know I'm going to do it next semester and maybe even beyond. And And I hope it stays on Zoom because it's easy for me that I all I have to do is literally walk outside my house and do it or walk in my barn and do it or walk into my machinery shed and just pull out my phone and, and talk to the students that way. It's very simple to me. Um, but 
But, uh, I mean, my farm has done the Butler County Farm Tour several times, mm-hmm. which is uh, usually every uh, October there'll be one day you would set out. It's usually a Saturday, and, and you'd have the public come and tour your farm, and you would show everybody what uh, what you do and how you do it and everything. Whereas this, I think, is the next best thing where I can literally walk around my farm and show you exactly what's going on at in the in the moment. Like the one class I did, we were chopping corn, mm-hmm. and we had the forage harvester out, and we had the blower up to the silo, and I was literally showing them silage that hadn't been blown up into the silo yet, that kind of thing. Whereas on the farm tour or, or wherever, you don't always get to see that firsthand. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you don't get to, to smell that good silage, or you don't get to actually feel it in your hands, but you, you can actually see me going up to it and showing you how I use it. Uh, so that's one added benefit of doing it virtually. I mean, I know not everybody's crazy about doing everything virtual nowadays, but uh, it's something that we have to, I guess, adapt to. So I'm more than willing to uh, help people adapt to that. And to since education is now sort of leaning that way, it's a good way to get people to learn about agriculture in that sense. And that's fantastic. Um, was there any, was there any interaction between yourself and the students? I mean, was there like, you know, did they ask you questions? Were they able to ask you questions on what you were doing and you answer questions? Yeah. Uh, usually I was kind of a, the lecturer, I guess I'd walk around and point out, you know, you're looking right now at X, Y, Z. And sometimes they would ask me questions, not very often, but they would ask questions. Uh, they would say, uh, like if I mentioned how how much how many tons of silage a silo can hold, and then they would ask a certain question about how big it is, how tall it is, that kind of thing. Uh, they would ask questions about the cows or about certain machinery. I know certain cover crops. They would ask uh, about because I'm guessing since they're going into the hospitality industry, they may have heard of a lot of those different kinds of specialty crops that were mm-hmm. grown. Uh, just for soil health purposes. And then they would say, well, I use that for, for whatever. I had that, I used to use that as a cooking ingredient, you know, something like that. On that Zoom app, they usually would type it in on the chat feature mm-hmm. and they would say, hey, William, blah, 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 blah. And they'd ask me a question or, or they would just have a comment. Uh, I know there was one time, I believe, our professor, Mary Jo, she, I think she lost connection and ended up being just me with the students towards the end. And I, at, towards the end, I kind of ran out of stuff to say. And I had about five minutes left. So I asked all the students, Hey, uh, type in where all you were from. So they all typed in where they were all from. And, and I know some of them were fairly close to me. Like they were in, in within the county of Butler or in the city of Butler. And then I would describe to them where, my farm was located and some of them said, Oh, I drive by you all the time. I'll think of you the next time I drive by. You know, so, so that was a, a good thing that, cause most of them were fairly local. Some were from Eastern PA or even Ohio. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so I showed them where we were at and then they saw, Oh yeah, I pass you all the time. Yeah. So, so that was a, a neat thing uh, regarding that. Sure. Did any of them actually stop by the farm? No, 
No, I mean they're more than welcome to. I mean, I they I wouldn't know who they are. They'd know who I am. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that would be neat if one of them did. Oh, that's that that is fantastic. And uh, you know, what's 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 I guess you know, if you could list like the top things that you actually got out of teaching this class, what are the top things that you actually got out of teaching this class? You know, and I'm going to say teaching because you literally it sounds like you are out there teaching these people, teaching these classes about you know essentially. Um, you know, what farming is all about, what uh, typical farm in, in, uh, in Pennsylvania in your area is all about. What are the top things you got from actually from this experience? How interested the students really are about it, because I think a lot of them kind of came into it thinking, okay, all farms do it this way or all farms have have a certain way of doing it. I mean, you, you know as much as I do that there are no two farms that do everything exactly alike. You're absolutely and right. So, and so uh, I think this, the students were just like amazed by how much, uh, I guess, prep work is involved. Like, like there's a lot of people out there that think, oh, farming's easy. You just drive a tractor around or you just pitch some hay to some cows and that's it. Well, no, it's a lot more involved than that. Because I know whenever Slippery Rock University was, did a article on me doing that and they interviewed one of the students and she said that uh, I didn't realize how much work is involved in just putting a seed in the ground or milking a cow for milk. You know, they didn't realize that, that there's soil health reports. You know, you take soil tests or you have to apply fertilizer. You have to apply lime. There's a there's, uh, reason why we do no-till. There's a reason why we do cover crops. There's a reason why we grow corn to make corn silage. You know, they just, they, it broadened their horizons. I guess you could say that they just didn't, I guess they didn't understand how much uh, work there is involved and how much, how many things that we farmers need to be, I guess, experts on. Sure. We need to, we need to know a lot about a little bit of everything to make it all work. Mm-hmm. Like we need to, we, you know, sometimes we need to be a vet. Sometimes we need to be a mechanic. Sometimes we need to be a meteorologist and, Sometimes you need to be an agronomist or whatever, you know, we just need to know so much to just simply make make that milk or to make that corn or, or whatever, you know, they were just amazed by how much you really needed to do to just do that relatively simple thing, which really isn't simple in the end. But uh, but that was that was the best thing I got out of that was that they really understood that and grasped that just by me telling them what I do. You know, it's interesting because um, when you when you hear from, from your so-called experts saying um, things like consumers, you know, are, are, are how many generations separated from the farm and, and, and they really don't realize, you know, how a farm operates and all that sort of thing or whatever, or how modern farm operates. But I'm always interested in knowing from the farmer side, you know, what they actually have learned from the consumers themselves, what they actually learned from the people that, that they actually talk to. Is there any way that you, is there anything that, that, that you've taken, anything that you've taken away from actually, you know, you virtually met these students, anything you've taken away from meeting these students and actually, you know, once you listen to their questions, you know, in terms of, you know, um, how it affects your farm or, or what you can do in terms of educating them more, you know, anything, anything that you take away from that? I guess, that we need to, we as farmers always have to educate the public. I mean, we don't want to think of them as not knowing anything, but then again, they, they know, they know a little bit, but not enough. 
Mm-hmm. So it's it's our job as farmers to educate people. I mean, you can. I mean, I've educated people and not even tried or not even knew it. Just doing a little thing. I mean, you don't have to teach classes at Slippery Rock University or be a guest on there. You don't have to do that. But it's just simple little things that you can teach the public about, uh, and and that can go a long way. Uh, so I, I know these students that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not going to go into ag as a field. Most likely they're going to maybe manage a restaurant or do something with events or, or whatever they're going to do. But, uh, but hopefully they remember that, uh, oh, yeah, I remember that farmer on Farmer Friday, that catchy Farmer Friday slogan that he had. And he talked about ABC. And, and hopefully they remember that the rest, the rest uh, throughout their college career, maybe into their career themselves, that they remember that, that uh, hey, we we need to thank these farmers for doing this and providing food for us, so that we can do whatever their career is that they're doing. And it's a good thing that we need to keep up with the virtual thing because now that is, I mean, it's been thrust upon us. Yeah. So we have to take advantage of it. We can't just sit idly by and just let it pass us by. We need to continue to adapt and continue to to do that. And, and uh, if more people would catch on to doing something like this, then it's a whole nother way for us to educate people. Uh, I mean, I know there's social media, obviously, and, and everything like that, but, but to keep up with this is, I mean, yes, it's probably easy for somebody my age. Now, somebody that's a little older than me might be a little more challenging, but it's something that somebody my age can easily adapt to, just like when I first heard of Slippery Rock wanting to do this, I said, hey, that's not something I would do. And, and hopefully a lot more younger farmers will get on board with that and, and do it. Yeah, sure. Did you actually give them quizzes or tests? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd have to do that to see how much they were listening, maybe. But... <laughs> and you plan on doing this next semester? Yeah, I believe they, because I believe Slippery Rock is doing all online stuff for next semester, I believe. Mm-hmm. So. So uh, I'm definitely willing to do it again. I mean, it'd be a new class, of course, so I could teach them. And I believe next semester would start in end of January, beginning of February, somewhere in there. So, I mean, yeah, we wouldn't be doing field work in the middle of winter, obviously. But, uh, I mean, there's still stuff I could definitely show them and, and teach them. Once we do get out of this pandemic, and we will get out of this pandemic eventually, um I hope so. Um, do you actually think that you'd be willing to do this live? Like actually have people on the farm? And I, I know that, I know that now we're talking about logistically something that's completely different, possibly challenging, but I mean, would you be open to something like that as well? Uh, yeah. Uh, if, if that can be done, like you said, the logistics might be a little difficult at times, but, uh, um, I mean, that's sort of what the farm, the Butler County farm tour was, uh, before all this pandemic happened, uh, it was sort of on that same deal that you would teach public what you're doing, which would be live, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, if it gets more people interested that maybe universities want to, want to do something with it. I mean, like I told you before, I, I like doing it virtually. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I might, I'm, I mean, if I'm doing it constantly every day, you know, that might be different. I might not like it as much, but, uh, I mean, yeah, there is a difference between doing it live and virtually. Obviously, you don't get the full experience maybe as 
as you would um, on a virtual platform, but uh, it'd be something I would be open to possibly and just uh, maybe trying to get some other farms on board, which can be difficult at times, but uh, it would definitely be something I would definitely look into. Have you applied this to your own farm? I mean, are are you thinking of doing the same sort of thing, you know, outside of Slippery Rock and and doing something for for your own farm to sort of educate local people about what your farm does and and what have you? Uh, well, yeah, my farm has we've made a Facebook page and which a lot of farms have Facebook pages and and I know some other farms in the local area will do Facebook live videos of them doing whatever they're doing in the field or what have you. Um but uh, that's one option that we could do. Uh, we could also uh, make, I, I mean, I just want to get some more young people involved to do this. I mean, yeah, if there's other another university that might pick up on, I'd be more than willing to at least start them out on it. I mean, hopefully it's not just me doing it, but uh, yeah, I would definitely try to help another university if they're interested. And hopefully a professor like Mary Jo uh, from a different university could maybe say, hey, that looks interesting. They had a lot of success doing that. Maybe we should try that at our university. Anything to get the word out there, essentially, is going to be more than merrier, and it will definitely help us in the long run. Well, how about your plans for the long run? I mean, what are, what are, what are your plans? You, you, you know, it sounds like you want to be, sounds like you're in this for the long haul in terms of, in terms of the farming operation. Have you gone through any sort of, uh, you know, um, any, any sort of talking about, you know, um, um, how should I say this, uh, you know, um, passing it down to the next generation? Have you gotten into that conversation with your with your parents? Uh, yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, and, it, and it will be passed down, mm-hmm. uh, thankfully. Uh, and we, we were, back in the late 90s, we were the first farm in our county to do farmland preservation. I'm not sure how much you know about that, but uh, sure. our ground cannot be developed. Uh, for houses or whatever, so it will stay a farm, uh, thankfully. The acreage that we own, which is about 150 acres, mm-hmm. um, so, so yeah, that's, that definitely will be the case. You know, my brother and I will eventually own it and, uh, and we'll continue to uh, pass it down to the generations, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully in the future and, and we'll continue to try to improve on things. And like I said before, if we don't, continue to improve and and adapt uh we're eventually going to be left in the dust we uh, definitely need to keep uh trucking and i mean i know milk prices and everything have been crazy past several years but uh but it, it's just a a uh, stage so we can we can get through it just like covid we can still get through it no matter what so uh it'll, i mean yeah it's challenging at times but we will definitely make it through. I mean, we've made it 152 years now, so <laughs> I hope we can do that even more. Well, I hope you can too. And, and this partnership that you have with Slippery Rock is just a great idea. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great thing what you're doing out there and, uh, you know, keep up with it. In fact, I, I feel like sitting in on one of the classes myself and seeing what it's like. It sounds, sounds pretty, sounds neat. Yeah. You're more than welcome to maybe I can get, uh, Mary Jo Ross. She can, Maybe get you in on one of the one of the classes, and I can show you show you around my place. Well, William, thanks a lot for being a guest today. I appreciate it, and uh, and good luck to you. And I hope everything works out with this next semester. And um, good luck to you. You're doing a great thing out there. All right, thank you. You can read more about William's family dairy farm on the American Agriculturist website 
at www.americanagriculturist.com. Thanks for listening to this week's Young Farmer Podcast, and we will see you next time.